Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, everyone, today's going off track. Uh, we, we call ourselves more than a music podcast because we're most of the people we talk to are in the music industry. People in bands, people who do stuff with bands, just kind of our wheelhouse. But we like other things. We branched out into writers, comic artists, comedians, other things we enjoy. But today, for the first time, we have a supermodel. It's true. <laughs> yeah, we really went off track. I mean... But then she brought it back on track. She, uh, we have a supermodel who performed... Yes. Of all the people we've had on the podcast, not one at Rubber Track Studio that has instruments everywhere said, get me a guitar. That's true. Oh, thank you, Taylor, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's thank, a thank you, guitar. Taylor. Yes. It's a beautiful <laughs> guitar. Um, so, yes, today's guest is Raquel Zimmerman. And, uh, Who Jonah met at a bar. We Yeah, we had some mutual friends and we hung out and I thought it would be fun to have her on and to talk about modeling, which is... A world you'd think I would know a lot about, but I actually don't. It's interesting how you've just so fallen out of model. <laughs> and, uh, but we also talked a lot about, you know, psychedelics and meditation. And, um, yeah, she's totally awesome. Of all the things to go off track, this one goes the off trackiest. It does. It does. It gets pretty far. But um, I think that's good. And, uh, yeah, she also, like Steven said, performs a song at the end of this podcast, which was pretty cool In to watch. Portuguese. Yeah. Nice. Where else are you going to hear that? Nowhere. So yeah, here it is. Raquel Zimmerman. It's going on Raquel, have you ever watched Battlestar Galactica? No. Uh, you gotta get into it. I'm I'm from Brazil, guys. So like, there's they don't some, have TV there. They do, but things tend to like get there like later on and uh, or not at all. So well, also is Brazil kind of really like. Kind of not closed, but you kind of produce all your own stuff down there, right? Like, They're very into soap operas there. Okay. I have to say, I kind of grew up watching that shit. <laughs> now I go back there and I'm telling my whole family, I'm like, guys, stop watching that. You're crazy. Like, <laughs> so much more. <laughs> Today on the podcast, yes. our guest is model and musician 
Not musician? No. Not musician? <laughs> Aspiring I, musician? <laughs> I've seen some of your guitars. You have some pretty nice guitars. I, I'm going to say... Guitar collector. <laughs> <laughs> That's more like it. Uh, Raquel Zimmerman, thank you for coming. <laughs> and this is your first podcast ever, you say? Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Oh, we're And uh, I, I think, yeah, like more of a collector. Okay. And recently I just purchased myself uh, a sitar, which is very pretentious Ooh. because I tried tuning the sitar and it's like so different from playing guitar. Like, How many strings are on it? It's like 18 strings okay. or something. Somewhere crazy right stuff. now, our other host, Mike Kanjemi, is uh, losing it because he's not here, but also Mike has a sitar. Really? Yeah, he's got all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's like, you, I mean, that's one of those instruments that, you know, guitar you can just sit around, I guess, and kind of pick up and fill around with. Sitar, like, no, you need a teacher and you need like oh, yeah. a, a mystic, like to come sit with you and be a guru. Yeah, and also the notes are like different. Mm -hmm. Everything. I mean, because I I always play like classical guitar, and then I got I went to Hawaii and I bought an ukulele. Yeah, and even though the notes are different, it's pretty easy. So I was like, oh, I play guitar and I'll do ukulele, and I was like, oh, I'll just play the sitar. And then once I started tuning the sitar, I was like, oh no, I need <laughs> someone to teach me. Where this did you get it? <clears throat> On the East Village. Uh, I forgot the name of the oh, store. Oh, I used to live... Was on like East 3rd or something? Something, I used to yeah. live on the same block as a sitar place. And I was sitar like, City, It's a right? tiny... I don't know what it was called. Store. I don't think so. Yeah, I was like, how is this place in business? It's like an ethnic store? Yeah, I think they like just sell sitars. Sitar really. and uh, Armonio, you call? Okay. Yeah. Mm. Actually, my friend, we were at yoga and they were playing the Armonio. Harmonium's big and, in yoga. Yeah, and then my friend was like, we should just learn to play the Armonio. <laughs> so now I'm like all over the place. You should, Harmonium's probably is easier to play. Easier, yeah. But I'm an enthusiast, I guess, with music. I want to know. <laughs> I just have to learn. <laughs> have you tried banjo? That's a deceptively hard instrument to play. Banjo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> banjo's pretty hard. I've been playing it for a few years and oh, yeah? I still am pretty bad at it, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm bad at it. I'm okay. I'm getting better, but it's, yeah, it's just, it's after playing guitar it's so weird to like the left hand stuff is kind of the same but it's like the chords are different and the right hand mm. it's like you have to the right just, hand is like a whole different instrument yeah it's like a whole different instrument oh, wow. so it's frustrating because you're like oh i can play guitar and then you're like i can't do anything a dumb banjo question do you use a pick or is it all fingers or do you put depends the what you style you're using there's like the chicken pick so that's stuff? Like, all about the right hand well a, that so yeah that's like scrug style you use yeah. like the three fingers like okay. this and then there's claw hammer style where you basically you make your hand into a claw and it's kind of more like mountain Claw like hammer, rhythmic. I've heard you talking about. Yeah, so I play more claw hammer, but it's being generous to me. I mean, it's more like I kind of just do whatever. A lot of, a lot of banjo in Brazil, or is it all uh, beer and bow? You know, it's funny you bring up the bed and bow, because yeah. I was thinking, if they ask me what kind of music I've been listening to, I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. I've been listening to the capoeira music, nice. and it's, it's all this bed and bow. Mm -hmm. And it's, I was like, bed and bow, it, it kind of... Reminds of a not a sitar, the other instrument that just goes like in Indian music. Yes, I'm mixing everything up, but the bedding bow mm -hmm. is so cool. Yeah, I, w I wish I could play that. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm a music journalist and I have no idea what you guys are talking you know, about. You know, you never seen like um, maybe out in Union Square, they have the capoeira guys come out and, and girls, forgive me. It's like an African dance, no? I yeah. guess that the Africans brought to Brazil. Okay, and well, it's like a fight dance. Really, it was it's based really in cool, slave yeah. culture, right? So yeah. when the slave, when they, they were slaves, so they were they were bound at the wrist, but they would teach each other to fight. So it's a lot of kicking. It looks like break dancing. It's a very early, a lot of break dancing absorbed it. So they would have this um, 
I'm pronouncing it wrong because I don't speak Portuguese. Uh, Birnbaum. 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 I'm just going to point to you. You'll say. <laughs> And you, 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 it's like, it's like, um, it's like almost like a, like a gourd with a string on a stick and you hit it and it makes different sounds. So when they were practicing their fighting to possibly go up against slave owners or, you know, oppressors, people would come over and go, what are you doing? And they would change the beat and they go, oh, we're just dancing. So different beats symbolize different moves to do. It's awesome. It's such like a crazy, I always wanted to do it, but I think it would hurt. A lot of headstand. Yeah. Because I was watching the video and it's... It's like a lot of headstand. They're just like flipping, and there's a lot of on their a lot in their hands, and and they never actually make contact when they do it. It's really cool. They don't hit each other. No. Yeah. So what does the music sound like? A lot of drums, right? Like, bum da dum dum da dum dum da na 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 da na na. It's like that Latin beat. That's like. Every, it's like almost a five, you know? Okay. It's and then cool. the drums. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I, I love Capoeira. I think it's really great. It's really cool. Yeah. I was actually like listening to the music and thinking, oh, if I could do this. Yeah. But like I have to do a lot of yoga first and get in my headstand, <laughs> <laughs> which I just started doing like recently. I'm yeah. like, I can do this. <laughs> I've been doing yoga for like almost three years now. But it's funny how it goes. It's like you just have to keep going. and then That's true. That's why they call it a practice. Yeah, it's a practice. Yeah. And capoeira, I guess, is like the same. And mm -hmm. most of these people, they've been doing since they're kids. It's really... It's a great... Yeah. It's a crazy workout. Now, how long have you been in the States from... Well, you started in Brazil, right? Yeah, I left Brazil with 15 years old. Just like crazy teenager. Because I guess I'm from a small town and I just wanted to like go see the world. So oh, I just picked took a off? profession that could allow me to do that. So I went from the south of Brazil to Sao Paulo, which is a bigger mm -hmm. town in Brazil. I took a bus. Like, it took 20 hours with, like, no money. <laughs> At 15? Yeah. See ya? What did, mm -hmm. how, did you just tell your parents, like, I think this is what I want to do? Yeah, and they're like, here's a hundred bucks. You'll be back in a week. <laughs> and I never came back. <laughs> and then I left and I went to Japan and my mom was freaking out. She was like, oh, my God. Yeah, they, yes, yeah. she would. <laughs> the worst dare ever, and you called them on it. You're like, yeah, okay, I'll see you. Wow, okay, so, okay, 100 bucks on a bus, 20 hours, Japan. How, well, uh, 20 hours to Sao Paulo, yeah. where I did some, like, you know, modeling work, got some pictures done, and with that material, I sent it to Japan, and they're like, I come to Japan. So I went to Japan, and I didn't make any money at all, because... Nothing would fit me, you know, like yeah, working true. as a model in Japan, it didn't really work for me. <laughs> but I partied a lot and it was just like great to be there, mm -hmm. you know, for a few months. And then from there I went to Europe and then I was like struggling, trying to find work. But mm -hmm. still I was like, oh, you know, I was like, I'm just traveling, you know, so I was just like having a great time. And then finally when I was like 16, I got to New York and then I was like, that's it. And now I'm going to be 30, so... Wow. The, it's I'm, like 15 years. I, I've been in New York, yeah, let's see. I'm, this I'm reminds me years. so much of my modeling career. Oh, yeah, it's true. Just yeah. all over the world. <laughs> Oddly enough, you have, you have modeled Jonah. I have. There are photos of you. <laughs> there are. He did some a photo shoot with that. What, who's that girl you did the thing with where you're standing by the car? 
Oh, that, <laughs> that was just like an Instagram photo. Yeah, but still, it was very sexy. I actually am in a Japanese magazine. Like, when I first moved here, the people were like, oh, we like your outfit. Who made? It was just like a t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> and then my friend was in the airport in Tokyo, and she was looking through a magazine and saw a picture of me. You see? And bought it for me. So, yeah. But, oh, yeah, I mean... That's cool. So, we have, you know, that in common. Yeah. That in uh, yoga. <laughs> that in yoga. But, uh, yeah, Japanese modeling career. Oh, wow. <laughs> can only imagine. I know nothing about the modeling world. I think it's one of those things where it's like any other industry. You don't know anything. And then you talk to an insider, someone who's been doing it. You just learn how it operates. And I, I know that when Fashion Week hits New York, that everyone loses their mind and you either like it or you hate it. There is no in-between. So... When you say you left and you went up to Sao Paulo, like, how did that start? How did you say, oh, I'm going to get some pictures and get an agent? Were you by yourself? Did you meet someone? When you went to Sao Paulo to just start getting pictures taken to start? Oh, no, I went to look for agencies and some of them, they're like, forget about it. It's never going to work out for you. I was like, damn it. (laughs) I really want to like, you know, go explore the world. I kept trying to like, they're like, okay. We'll invest in you. So I went looking in magazines, like, and my, you know, the magazines started hiring me to like do photo shoots. Wow, all the Brazilian magazines. I wish I, I wish you would like we could show images. I would like show the <laughs> oh, pictures. Oh, we're gonna show images. <laughs> <laughs> show images in the rain. Yeah, but it's funny about like you're talking about Fashion Week because I stopped doing fashion shows about two years ago, and I'm so relieved because I did for so long, and it's like that. It's like. If you're in it, you have to do it. Like I was to do all these fashion shows, and now I'm just like I don't, I don't need it anymore. You know, stressful, I don't want it. right? I don't need it. It's stressful, and <laughs> I have to be careful talking about these things. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's okay. <laughs> it could turn against me, but I'm just like it feels good to be away from the fashion industry because mm-hmm. I've been. I started doing transcendental meditation about two years ago, and now I just want to like do yoga and study and learn things and read books about swamis and you know play sitar play sitar but i i mean i have to be grateful for having this job in the first place because it allowed me like to you know do so many great things with my life and uh, i still you know appreciate like my modeling career and i still work on that yeah but you're Doing allowed to get tired of and, certain you're allowed to get tired of certain things and change yeah. it's okay things do so bother I, you yeah i got tired of the whole fashion show thing yeah because it's like it's like being in a party every day for like a month, four times a year. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's like going on tour, I guess, if you're a musician. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I touring. guess it gets tiring after like 10 years. So do you? So what, what's your kind of modeling career like now? Do you just do it kind of when you want to? Yeah. That's I great. got to pick and choose. It's great. So I work mainly for like Vogue magazine, which is very conservative, but it's like, you know, high standard. Yeah, in the industry a little bit, and then you know, like big, big brands. Like, and my last modeling job was like for Prada, <laughs> so it's good. That, I mean, if you're into Prada, if, that's if you're the, into Prada, if you're into that. Yeah. I bought a so, pair of Prada shoes for my wedding, and it was the most expensive and most comfortable pair of shoes. Yeah. And that was what blew my mind because you always think high fashion things. So I guess it's, it's it's different if you're a woman. You'll pay a lot for a pair of shoes that hurt, but like. Mm. I bought these shoes and I put them on and went, walking in silk. Like, I understand. Like, I, I only bust these shoes out never. <laughs> you 
you know, so it makes sense. It's That's true, yeah. Prada, wow. It's funny, like, it's a contradiction in my mind because I'm like, oh, I don't need to buy all this brand stuff that I'm that hire me in the first <laughs> place. <laughs> so I'm like, here I am saying, like, I don't wear this stuff. But mm-hmm. then if they do, like, they did send me this bag, the Prada. Nice. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's a nice bag. <laughs> and it's probably going to last forever because these things are, like, really... Good quality. So. See, to us, that bag means nothing. But I'm sure if my wife or Brad's wife was in here, they'd probably be losing their minds right about now. <laughs> so, have you? So, obviously, your parents are like, I guess that hundred bucks helped you out. <laughs> Do you get back? I had home no to see idea. Them? My mom was freaking out when I was in Japan. She's like, "Are you okay?" What? You were 15 in Japan, yeah. right? That so seems... now it's like I guess they're relieved. Yeah. Just considering I turned out to be like pretty. Okay. <laughs> you are so modest. I think it's pretty amazing. Ridiculously <laughs> modest. <laughs> Love it. Do you, do you have a big family, small family? Uh, I guess big, considering, I don't know, in Brazil, like people think to have a lot of kids. <laughs> How many? So, well, I have a brother that's one year older than me and a sister that's a bit younger. And then, but then I have like, you know, five aunts and like all of my cousins and. So, it's kind of big. Well, immediate family. Medium. Kind of, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I was curious. I was, I was with Travis last night. Oh, and, Travis. And, uh, Vanya was, was with Sarah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. She said, like, she was <laughs> texting Travis. She's like, I abducted your girlfriend or something. Anyways, we can edit this out. No one's going to have any idea what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> but uh, Travis was telling me that you were friends with Daniel Pinchback. Oh, yeah. And I just read Breaking Open the Head which I thought was so interesting. Uh, are you familiar with him at all? Nope. We should try to get him that to would be, be here. Incredible. And, you know, he keeps sending, like, on Facebook, like, you know, like, events that I guess he's talking on. And if you're interested, and we should get you and maybe Travis, so we should go together and here. Yeah, that would be amazing. This, or yeah. you guys could come on, on here together if you wanted to. Hmm? Um, he's, yeah, he's was like... Really into psychedelics, and uh, I don't know, you probably know way more about him. Yeah. I just read his book. It's all about his experiences taking ayahuasca. Yeah, he actually told me that What's they're that? doing again this summer. So, oh, really? Is that where yeah. you go to Peru and eat the stuff and hang yeah, out Yeah, it's camp? like DMT, but you, the, it's to release it. Yeah, there's, there's, you, you shit you throw a, up your brains out, that one? Yes. Yeah. And then you see your I was aunt. thinking about this. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend who did that. He went down and saw the camp, and, and he did that, and he, he took whatever the drug was for a week. And I was like, how was it? And he said, uh, you know, my dead father and I, we're cool now. Yeah. <laughs> ah. I believe it. But um, how did how did you, was that through the meditation did you guys meet? Or how, how did... So Daniel did this movie about 2012, before 2012. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched it. Well, we have, a, we met because we have a mutual friend. And uh, he showed me this movie of Daniel's, which is really cool. And it mixes everything like meditation and then ayahuasca and all the all the connection about everything in 2012 and what does it mean and a shift of consciousness and all this. So that's how we met through this friend. And then the sem- past summer I was in, I went to Burning Man. And I was looking for this friend that we have in common. And I was like looking for my friend. And who I see is like Daniel. And I was like, Daniel, I'm looking for Paris. <laughs> and then he showed me the friend. And then 
So I was in another camp than them. But then I was there, and then one night I was like, okay, I'm here, and it's full moon, and I really feel like I should take an acid today. So I went to the shaman that was in my camp, and I was like, oh, I would like, you know, to get some acid. And he was like, oh, we ran out. And I was like, oh, damn it. So I'm like walking around, bummed out. And who I see? Daniel Pinchback. And I was like, Daniel, I really feel like taking acid. He's like, oh, great, let's take it together. So we took the acid. And was, I was like, this is so great because I get to like experience this with someone that really knows about it. That's so I was telling him like every detail. And I was like, oh, the cloud and like the moon become an eye. And like all these eyes are looking at me. And like all this like, so it was really great. And then had you ever done it before? No, it was my first time. And I'm glad I waited because I hear of a lot of people like that took when they're like young and they don't really know what's happening. They just like I don't know. I was really like it really meant a lot to me. Yeah, I saw this crazy symbols in the sky and like it was really meaningful. Yeah, it's one yeah. of those drugs that if you know about psychedelics and all kinds of drugs, acid is as weird as it sounds to say, talking to people who are, you know, drug counselors and study this, it's kind of the safest one. You know, it's interesting. You know? I, I, Literally, like, as far as side effects and long-term things, it's just it's pretty cool. <laughs> I did it for four or five times in college, and every time was so good that I was like, I can't do this anymore because I like it too much. And I know if I, like, keep doing it, I'll, like, I don't want to, like, get too far into it. See, that's smart. I did it once, and it was so dumb really yeah because here's what i did you'll appreciate this he says to raquel because you can't tell where i'm looking over the microphone <laughs> it was halloween in los angeles and we went down to santa monica boulevard and if you've ever done that they close off the boulevard and it's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people dressed in costumes and you have the very flamboyant gay costumes the drag queens and everything and i decided to try acid in this environment for the first time, loud noises, screaming and yelling. And I remember standing there going, this was the dumbest idea I've had to date. And walking towards me as I'm thinking this are four, and I'm not making this up, or maybe I am, Barbie dolls in the boxes. <laughs> Life size. And I went, I just, I gotta go. That's amazing. And by go, I went, I sat on a curb for about five hours by myself. I would just look at, are you familiar with Alex Gray? His artwork, he has like the sacred, yeah. yeah so he I would... had things exposed in Burning Man, oh, and really? he's really like he really knows how to express the feeling of like being tripping an acid and yeah. his paintings. Oh, absolutely! Like... And then looking at them, why tripping an acid? I was like, so that's what I would do in college. <laughs> I would do it with my friend Joey, oh. and we would just he had all of his books, and we would just do it, and then look at these books, and like he does these anatomical, like where you can see through like all the tissue and like. You could see stuff like rowing through the veins and he's like, he's a super, super interesting guy. He used to have a gallery in the West Village, like a temple sort of, and it's upstate now. But, uh, oh, yeah, you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, me, yeah. I definitely want to go at some point. Yeah. Let's but yeah. Go. All right. Yeah, let's that's do great. it. I want to jump back into modeling because again, I'm just fascinated by the process <laughs> of it. There's historically, I know that, that when modeling first kind of came to the apex, like, like French designers, you know, decades ago would hire you know you know tall slender women because they liked the way the clothes draped on them because it was more mannequin-esque you know and throughout you know the past 50 years it changed you know the way people look and it changed the public appearance and opinion things like that but i'm fascinated by the mechanics of 
the modeling walk, the look, like how you do. I have a friend who's a photographer um, who just did a, a Cosmo cover and he's done a couple of, he might, you know, you familiar with Udo Spreitzenbarth photographer? Oh, I, I heard his name. Yeah. Man. I worked with him years ago. He's just this fun German guy, great photographer, but I watched him work and just the amount of looks and the way you change, it seems so subtle, but so hard to me to model and get your, basically get your picture taken a lot. Like, how does that work? The way I see it is like being a silent movie actress. But for me, when I when I think... Because sometimes I've been doing this for like so long, it can feel really dumb. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? And then you're just like, it's your job. You know, it's how you make a living. But I like as an inspiration, so it makes a little bit more meaningful what I'm doing. I always think of Cindy Sherman. <laughs> I'm like, I really like Cindy Sherman and I want to like I say um, sorry sometimes I can't the words in English don't come in my head we don't no, uh, relate speak, yeah. I want to relate to Cindy Sherman mm -hmm. so like if you are, look at my work as a model as I'm always changing always like different characters so I didn't know who Cindy Sherman was till I saw the exhibit at MoMA and I was like this is so cool I saw yeah. one of her exhibits in L.A. years ago. Oh, yeah. Her stuff's crazy. It's, and I yeah. went with a friend of mine who was a photographer, and she went, come with me, see this. You should see her work. And I was blown away by it. Yeah. It, 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 there's gender lines blurred, different things with animals and stuff. It's really fascinating stuff. And you see, like, how, she, like, a, like, Cindy Sherman, how she can change, and it's so subtle. And she can be all these different characters. It's so, like, I got fascinated. Yeah. And it's uh, so subtle, you know, like little things. So I guess that's how I see like modeling for me. It's like, you know, if today I have to be this conservative, conservative and like selling this handbag, I'm just going to be that. And then sometimes you like get to be like cool and rock and roll. and Or like I'm in France and wearing this haute couture gown and then you have to like wear that. So I love the silent movie idea. That's a <laughs> Very, very. I'm a big silent movie fan, so that's that's huge for me. And telling a story, and you're acting. You know, I mean, you are selling something, but you're acting and performing. I think that's great. How do? How is it? And have you seen that movie, The Artist? That's silent. Yeah. Not yet. I'm, I haven't seen no? that either. I the know. Artist. Yeah, I saw. No, I, I wait for things to show up on cable. On cable. Yeah. <laughs> but you have seen like old. You know, everyone talks about Charlie Chaplin, but Buster Keaton's kind of the man. If you watch any of his old movies. Oh no, I should watch it. Yeah. He's great because he. They're just... probably just getting to Brazil, so. Yeah, they're probably <laughs> arriving there now. Yeah. No, you know it's funny because like sometimes people are wearing like '80s stuff here, and they're like, "Oh, this is so '80s," and I'm like, "This reminds me of the '90s," <laughs> and then I realize because it took so long to get to Brazil. Oh, I feel bad talking like that about my country. It's like talking bad about your own kid. No. <laughs> Do you ever show up to a shoot and like you get the clothes and you're like, oh, I don't want to wear this? Yeah, so many times. But then it's like, you know, it's my job. Yeah. Do you yeah. just, are you so completely used to people just messing with your hair that you just don't even feel it anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I had it like done all different colors and all different... And that I wish we could show images because I just some like crazy stuff. I've Guys, been. go on Google Images, type in Raquel Zimmerman, and just scroll through. Yeah, we'll see you back in about ten hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had once like they did this uh, aluminum foil head. It was pretty cool. <laughs> 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 like 
I'm wearing aluminum foil in my head. Okay. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot. That sometimes I get to do like pretty cool and uh, creative things, you know. How about stuff with animals? You ever done shoots with like wild animals? I've done a shoot with uh, that I was in a peach full of snakes for the designer Alexander McQueen. And he killed himself after that. Which is really weird. I was like, we did this whole photo shoot with all the snakes and it was so exciting and so like cool and videos. and Maybe it was the snakes. And then he killed himself. Like right after that happened? Like maybe two months later. Wow. I was really disappointed because I was like, I thought like this project was so exciting and like something right. to look forward to. And But I mean, he, he was really genius and... It's so crazy. After that, then the Metropolitan Museum did a show about him and it was like the most visited show in, you know, that was done there like in a long time. And it always has to be so balanced. Weird. Sometimes if you're a genius, you, there's, there's trouble, you know, you need to he have was something very troubled, sorted. I guess. Yeah. But so, yeah, we did the shoot with all this crazy snakes. Wow. That's something I have to do on the Google. Were they like and there's a video also. Yeah. There's a video on show studio. Um. Yeah, Raquel Zimmerman snakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're crawling at me. It was How was that? Weird and interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Some yeah. people might not have had that same feeling. <laughs> yeah. Didn't bother, but that was it for like animal kind of shoots things. Nothing. I just I went back to thinking about like acid, and I was like, can you imagine if you're like tripping on acid and then you have all the snakes? No, maybe I can't it would. No, that. not gonna so go weird. there. Not gonna think about that. How did how did you kind of get involved with transcendental meditation? Meditation, yeah. yeah. And how, what's your how do you do it for a set amount every day or every day, three times a day. So first in the morning, twenty minutes, and then the best thing I think is to do at sunrise, twenty minutes, and then at sunset, twenty minutes. But I'm bad with sunrise. Normally, it's like the sun is already up, and then. <laughs> It has risen. So 20 minutes, sunrise, 20 minutes, sunset. And then there's the night meditation, which is 10 minutes before I actually fall asleep. I just sit in meditation. So when I go to sleep, I'm right in that state. But do you have like, are you reciting a mantra? Or are you just focusing on your breath? Or what is... Uh, the transcendental meditation, they they give you a mantra. Okay. Yeah. That's how this technique works. But, you know, I, I always encourage people to do any kind of meditation that they find is the one that works for them it could be through breathing or you know visual or mantra but i just encourage people to do it i think it's, it's you, such you a would great make my thing. therapist very happy because that's what he yells at me constantly about is that i don't meditate and the reason i don't do it is one time <laughs> and two because i have children <laughs> and two uh, i find it incredibly difficult i think it's really really hard to meditate. I think that everyone, I mean, I think it's hard for everyone. I get yeah. so frustrated. Yeah, I guess that's the point, is yeah. like to just go through it. There is a construction uh, site next door, like across the street from where I live. And then it's been almost a year. And every morning when I wake up and I want to meditate, they're like, da, 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 da. Oh, you know, like all those really annoying right. sounds. And, I was like trying to meditate is already frustrating. And then with the sound and now I managed to just like let go of the, that sound that's still there and then meditate. And it's like, 
was like, oh, I, now I can do it. It's weird. Did so I, I, to go back to your question, to Jonah's question, that this is another thing that I have to be grateful about, like my modeling career, because things happen, you know, it was like my journey, you know, like going through <laughs> my life and traveling. And so this brand Gucci, you know, fashion brand, yeah, they're like, <laughs> we're, 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 <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, we're wearing it now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so they're like, okay, we have this perfume, you know, and you're going to be like in the perfume commercial. I was like, okay, great. You know, <laughs> sounds like it's going to pay good. <laughs> and they're like, so you're going to do the TV commercial and the director is going to be David Lynch. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> now that's cool. <laughs> so I was like obsessed with David Lynch, like preparing to work with him. And I was like watching all the, I mean, I already was a fan, but then I got really into like watching. I'm like, wow, David Lynch. So I go to Paris and I'm really like <sighs> excited and like, worried because i was like oh my god david lynch is gonna be like this weird guy maybe he's gonna be like a monster i mean you know he wrote like blue velvet and all this crazy and twisted things so i get on set and he's like i'm like oh, how is it gonna be and then it turns out he's like the nicest sweetest person ever the like the job went so easy no stress and i was like Wow. And I was already had read, I was reading the Catching the Big Fish while I'm like working. And then I'm like, I'm reading your book, you know? And he's like, yeah, read it. And then he signed the book and I was like, this guy is so nice. And I went to see, then he had a, also an exhibition going on in Paris about his pictures and his paintings. And he's like such a creative guy. And I was really like, oh, David Lynch, you know, like obsessed about it. So I finished reading Catching the Big Fish and I thought he's explaining how transcendental meditation helped him like being creative. So I was like, okay, that that was that. And then like years went through, passed by like three years or so. And then I was really like in a point in my life that I was like, I needed to, sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, I, want an, I want a meaning, I want something. I was actually in London because I was... I got invited by Lady Gaga to go see her concert and meet her because she was interested in me being in her video, which I I end up being in. And the, her video... Born This Way, right? Born This Way, yeah. yeah. So so anyway, so I'm in London, I'm there, and then this friend of mine is like, oh, I've been doing transcendental meditation. And I was like, really? That's, you know, the thing that David Lynch was like writing about in that book. So I came back from from London, I think that's almost three years ago now. And I was like, I'm just going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a go. And I went and I learned. And then i just been meditating since. And then I got to meet David Lynch like a few other times in some events because he has this foundation that is uh, that teaches uh, veterans from the war to learn to meditate so he has all these events and stuff it's it's really it's really help, cool because it helps with ptsd yeah yeah and um so i i heard some of the veterans like and even young guys you know they're like 22 and they come back from war and they're like their life is screwed somehow and they become alcoholics or like you know really uh, in a bad shape so like they're like meditating and it helps. I mean, it's scientifically proved that when you meditate, it just 
is good for you. <laughs> well, there's so little we still like know about the brain, and I feel like the more they find out, the more they realize, like, yeah, this creates new pathways. It totally like. Yeah, they they say uh, about transcendental meditations that when you transcend, you're actually using your full, like, a hundred percent of your brain, because we use only twenty percent or five percent. I think there's some debate about the actual percent. Is I've it heard, five or twenty? Yeah, I've heard different stuff. I'm 50? not sure. <laughs> ten. It's actually ten. Ten. Yeah. So. And then Einstein used like eleven. Like that's oh, the percentage. Okay. So that shows how much capacity supposedly that the brain has. I think there is a quote by Einstein actually that says you can think and think and think and don't come to any solu- conclusion and then you don't think at all and then a million answers come to your mind. That's why I think meditation is so difficult. Did you see this thing bouncing around Facebook? I saw it, a couple of people posted and then my therapist actually posted it where it said, uh, Zen Buddhists say you need to meditate for 20 minutes every day Unless you're busy, then you should do it for an hour. You see? Yep. I mean, I just, I've, there's a book called um, Turning the Mind into an Ally. Yeah, I read that. Yep. Oh, man, I can't even get through that book. <laughs> I'm you so, really? I thought book? that book was really interesting, actually. Yeah, I liked it, but it's like I got halfway through it and I get, again, it's just, I think it's, and every time I do meditate and I try to do it, it's, you know, you can actually feel it working. But you know what I, I did like that was kind of like cheating meditating. We've talked about this. Was have you ever done a... Um, high? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, isolation tank. Have you done that? No, I heard about it. I did that once and it was like, oh, this is... Induced meditation. Yeah. It was great. It's supposed to be incredible. And yeah, and Joe Rogan... Mm-hmm. Listen to, is, has an isolation tank in his house and he said that's he said that dmt and isolation tanks are the two biggest things that like shifted his perspective on life he was because he he got really into dmt he has like a dmt molecule tattooed on him but he was like the isolation tank yeah you sit in this thing and you have no senses and you're in water the same temperature as you and he was like you go to these crazy places so it's cool steven went to a place a place in new york you can do it yeah, it's on 23rd it was great. Oh, it was really cool. And I remember yeah. getting out like, but the one thing, and we've mentioned this before, that bothered me about it is that as soon as you, you know, shut the lights off and you're lying there in the water and you're floating, I was very conscious of how horribly my ears were ringing <laughs> because of so many concerts and we've all played in bands and gone to shows of how poorly I treated my ears my entire life. And it was just so, and then I had to get past that. Well, to get yeah. my brain going. Then that's interesting. I've had to deal with that too because when I, I, I have ringing too and so when I meditate, sometimes I'll be like, oh, this is so annoying I, and then I'll put on like white noise or sounds and then like eventually like one of my teachers was like, just like pay attention to it, like let it be part, like don't fight against it and once you kind of accept it and then it was like so much easier. But it's hard. I feel like you always want to fight. You always hear something. You always want to, you know what I mean? Yeah, I went to this... Um to Fairfield where they have the university, the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi like university where, you know, they will hang out there. So I went there for an Ayurvedic week and like learning uh, advanced techniques and everything. So the first day I get there in the morning, sun rising, I'm like, I'm going to meditate here in Fairfield. And then someone started cutting the grass. like, <laughs> And I was like... 
they're cutting the grass. And I got so annoyed. And I'm trying to meditate. And I was like, I went crazy. And then I was crying. <laughs> and then I got so frustrated and I was crying all day long. And I was like, I'm here. I'm trying to be peaceful and meditate. And someone is cutting the grass. And they're like, but that's in the out. Then my teacher was like, Raquel, the guy cutting the grass is outside. Like when you're transcending, you're like, you should not that things in the outside bother you and i was like yes <laughs> yeah she's Jerk. right so, but i was like why are they cutting the grass <laughs> they're like the grass must be cut so gross but you know they're like, oh. so when you when you say transcending like what what does that mean does that mean like transcending your physical body or like what's sort of the the goal i guess for you, transcendental meditation i guess is like you transcend you know, like you're here and you're, you're transcending. <laughs> it's hard for me to explain because I'm not a teacher. Mm, you transcend from this state to another. But it's not like you're going anywhere. You're just, you're like turning within you. So you're transcending from being awake and aware here into this other state which is just being with yourself like turning in words but yeah i mean i think i'm not a, like supposed to be talking about like my experiences while meditating but it's not like i'm not really analyzing anything you i guess actually when you really i transcend you don't really know what's going on cuz you're not like sometimes i close my eyes and i'm like I hear a sound, so I'm like, I think, and I can think like, oh, it's been going, this period of time is going through, but sometimes I just close my eyes, and then next thing I know, it's been 20 minutes, and I'm like, where was I? So I don't... Do you feel like it's gotten, the more you practice, it gets easier? Because I feel like that's, that's like the problems that Stevens had. I feel like a lot of people have that, like they try it, and they're like, oh, this is, it's hard, mm -hmm. especially living here, like... Especially like in our culture, like so much going on, mm. so much always thinking. I mean, do you feel like the more you do it, sort of it becomes easier for you to kind of get get into it? I definitely, it's been almost three years more comfortable with the, like I, I know it were like, I don't know, I'm more confident about it. But still, every day that I meditate is a different experience. Sometimes my brain is more active, so I have thought, like, even though I'm not, I'm letting thoughts go through. They they come up in my mind, but some it depends. Every day is different. Right. Have you ever read the book yeah. Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain? You know this book. No. Came out. God, probably in the eighties. Um, maybe a little early. Maybe mid eighties. But it was a book for for about teaching how to draw and working with. It wasn't essentially working with children, but I learned about it in school. I was about eighth grade. And what it is is that when you're an artist, it could be any kind of art where you're painting or music or whatever. You know, I'm sure when you practice guitar and all of a sudden you realize time hasn't passed, it's that, or driving a long distance, is that all of a sudden you go from the one side of your brain that controls logic and reasoning, you go to the creative part, which isn't keeping track of time. And I think that's a lot of what meditation is, is getting to be able to switch over to that part of consciousness on purpose does that make sense like the people who are really good at meditation can go i'm gonna go meditate for a while and they can go to that area where they're 
um, at a different level of thinking. You know, you're, everyone has the capacity to do it. It's just hard to access it. And a lot of artists, um, certain people with forms of autism, you know, can get to that point or they live in that point. I think it's really fascinating. My therapist is big into that kind of stuff. And I remember reading that book when I was 14 and that just stuck with me. And I used to like to draw and paint pictures and things. And then I got diagnosed with being colorblind and I gave up. I didn't do it anymore. So I got really annoyed, but it was something that... I didn't know you were colorblind. Yeah, dude. It's annoying. How, how colorblind are you? It's called red green and, and it's why I'm not allowed to dress my children. Oh, I guess I, maybe I did know that. Yeah, it's really annoying. <clears throat> I don't see... I see pinks and things lighter. But it's this really fascinating thing. And the whole time you're talking about meditation, I forgot about that book until this very second. And it, it just switches everything over. How did you... So wait, you you met David Lynch and you had the book, but you didn't start meditating till a little while later. How did you get interested in the book? Because I was going to work with him. So I was like, just like everything. anything David Lynch. Ah, I got I it. Like, I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. He just... It was the... He was just had come up with that book. Yeah. So, how long was that? Like five years ago, maybe that I thing came out. I, I feel like I bought it five or six years ago. Yeah, something so maybe like that. that's when yeah. it. I don't know. That's super cool. So the whole time, so you, if you if you leave home at such a young age, you must be, you know, as you're working all over the world, where you just did you gravitate towards a lot of reading, or I mean, you seem to be very self taught in everything you've done. Yeah, not a, so much reading because English wasn't like my first language. Mm-hmm. So now I'm reading more in English. <laughs> Did you teach yourself how to play guitar uh, and that kind of stuff? Well, I took the basics when I was like five, you know, basic chords. And then I just been, yeah, teaching myself. I I tried to learn to read music a few years ago, but I, I, I found it hard. So I just go in tabs, you know, on the internet. I just pick like any song that I like and then I look at the tabs and it's pretty easy. What kind of music do you like to play, or what do you kind of like listening to? I know we talked about the, the. Do you listen to kind of any American music or? Yeah, no, okay. my taste in music is so eclectic. It's crazy. Like Javi Shakar, like I love, and uh, and then even like his daughter Nada Jones. I think she mm-hmm. lived in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. but not anymore. I don't know. But uh, this morning when I was walking here, I was listening to Massive Attack. I yeah. like them. Which record? <laughs> The early stuff. Was it blue? No, blue line was. Let's see which one. Is it mezzanine? That's the one. Yeah. That's God. Uh, that look, one. mezzanine. There it is, man. That's the record. <laughs> that's the one I was listening. Nice. Um, yeah, Matt, that's kind of that massive. I love that band. <laughs> but I like everything. Like, I was very into Metallica at one point. Oh yeah. Actually, yeah, but not anymore. Maybe it's because I'm meditating. I'm more into like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I still like it. Yeah. Wasn't Sepultura from Brazil? Sepultura, so yeah. heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is that guy's name Max Calavera? Am I Cavalera, I think. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just all over the place with music. You learned guitar, you learned guitar chords at five? Wrong. Just the basics, Just the yeah. basics? Wow. Yeah. I don't think I knew how to eat when I... Yeah. Maybe I did. No, like six, maybe. Wow. Five, six. Was there someone musical in your family? My father plays a little bit, but no no one is a professional musician, Mm. just like my aunt and my dad, just like classical guitar. Noodling around, they say. Yeah, just... So that's what I'm doing now, yeah. Just learning how to play. What? 
like like different you said sitar and different yeah. kinds of guitars all right what's your I favorite guitar i have a my acoustic guitar is a gibson and it's like from the 60s i love that guitar is it nylon are you playing nylon string if you play classical i'm i think that one has i want to say nylon i don't know or it's not steel string, is it? Uh, did, I did think, Gibson make classical I don't know guitars in the sixties? Gibson's made some nylon string guitars. Really? I think so. You know, I now I'm like, is it nylon or? or I, I mean, I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be fucking <laughs> up my butt. <laughs> I think it's not nylon. Yeah. I think it's. It's not. just like a regular. I think acoustic. it's a regular. Yeah. Have you ever gone over to the Gibson showroom over there? No. It's a very neat place. It used to be the Hit Factory, which was a very um, crazy recording studio. Who Michael Jackson recorded there? Hit oh, Factory wow. is one of the you know big ones. Yeah, and now it's a Gibson showroom, and so they have all their guitars spread out there, and you can just go hang out and literally try everything that they sell. Wow. Yeah, it's over on 50th, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Raquel, you are also at... I the... have a Gretsch. Uh, oh, oh, you have a Gretsch? Yeah, <laughs> I have a Gretsch. I like that guitar because the color is like avocado green. Ah, oh, that's the classic Gretsch color. Yeah, you know that uh, that they made those guitars here in Brooklyn for a long time. Yeah, the the one that I have is says like sixty Broadway. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you were at the party that I think got us evicted from our apartment. Um, remember that that part that like house party we had. It, when was I lived with Nick and Travis. Was that for Nick's birthday? It was when Reese was in town or something. Were you at that when the cops came? Maybe I wasn't on that one. Maybe you weren't there. But I remember like I was there on on Nick's birthday and there was so many people in that apartment. I think this is the so I think many. this is what and I'm And then talking Travis about. was like really paranoid and freaking out. I was like, Travis, what's going on? He was like all the stuff in this house because he had a lot of things that are his and he's yes. like all these people and someone is going to keep an eye on his all like paranoid you know the cops had to come because people maybe there was the it had to have been because that was only the cops had to come because people were peeing in our stairwell because there was one bathroom <sighs> and like over a hundred people yeah for sure yeah uh, how fun. sexy <laughs> and I literally like I knew my sister and like you I knew like four people there <laughs> I didn't know who anyone was. And they're all touching your stuff. No, my bedroom was upstairs. And at one point, like four in the morning, I just like went to bed and like put stuff up against my door so no one would come in. Because uh, there was like a DJ like up on this platform, like a full PA. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been in New York, you said? Since you were 16 and you're almost 30? Yeah, I mean, when, yeah. Permanently moved at 16, yeah. New York. I think I've been in New York, yeah, I want to say 14 years for sure. What was it about kind of new, after kind of going to Japan and traveling around, what was it about New York where you were like, this is where I want to be? I don't know, because maybe it's because I'm from South America. So just being in America felt more like home. Like Europe, like Paris. I mean, yeah, Paris. I tried living in Paris. Too. I love it there, but it's just culturally is like very different i guess from from south america 
And I just felt that like New York finally is like <laughs> being in a city that there's so many immigrants, so many people that are not from here and just like relate to that. And also that is a nice place to have as a base and then travel around. So like if I'm here, I can go, you know, or to LA or to South America or to Europe, kind of being like central. What part of Brazil are you from? The south. Sao Paulo? Porto Alegre. Oh. Sorry. It's the end of the world. Sure you said After that. that, there's nothing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Below the... You have family from... in Brazil. Yeah. My, uh, my brother-in-law lives in Sao Paulo. He's a journalist. Oh, cool. Beautiful. I love it. Sao Paulo? Yeah. Yeah. The beaches there it's are amazing. It's a crazy city. It's I hear about Brazil, period. Crazy. Every, it's like crazy fun towns. In Brazil? Yeah. You think? It's, it's funny because I've been, like, I left, I didn't live in Sao Paulo for very long. And I was just traveling around the world. I feel like I don't really know my own country so well. <laughs> you left pretty young. Yeah. And it's weird because now, like, a lot of people, they're like, oh, you're always going to have Brazil, your country. and But now I don't, like, it's weird because I left when I was, like, 15, you know, like, 14, 15. And now I've been 15 years right. living here so i don't know like i don't really relate it's weird yeah you have that moment i'm i had that moment in new york when i realized like oh my god this is where i've lived longer than anywhere else yeah but so i'm a new yorker i guess yeah yeah do you, do you make it back to visit very often yeah i was just there visiting my family for christmas and new years it was really nice because it's summertime there and yeah here. Are there places in New York, like, I mean, forgive me if I don't know, but like, is there like a little Brazil, like you can go and find authentic, you know, places that are like home? Or excuse me, Brazil? I heard that there is a Brazilian neighborhood in Queens near Astoria, but I've never been there. Hmm. And then there is Little Brazil Street on 46, I think. I want to say it's 46 between 5th oh, yeah, right. and 6. And they have some shops, but it's kind Pretty of small. disappearing. Yeah. yeah, forgot about that. It's even like it says it on the street sign. I think. Yeah. So where can we hear you play guitar? I'll go get a guitar right now if you want. Okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Shoot. Okay. Get a guitar. <laughs> I'm not that good, but I can. Do it. I can play. A yeah. Little why bit. not? Fun, fun, fun. Yeah. I can play some Brazilian song. That would be awesome. First podcast you're ever on, first performance we've ever had on the podcast. I know. Very <laughs> exciting. Oh, super cool. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but I'm not, since I'm not a musician, I guess I can make a fool of myself playing. No. Because no I have such... nothing. It's not like. <laughs> Me and Stephen make fools of ourselves here every week. Please. So do not worry about it. And, I just confused you know, David thinking... Lynch and David Fincher. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, yesterday I was like, oh, maybe I should listen to the podcast before I go. But then I was like, no, maybe it's better I go having no idea at all what's going on. So I can just be myself and yeah. say whatever. And then maybe now like, I'm going to start listening to the previous podcast you guys did and be like so embarrassed. I was no, like, ah. no, way. not at all. Do you, um, so in modeling, is it like anything else where you have like an agent and a manager and people that help find jobs for you? Or I guess now you yeah. pick and choose, but for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then when you start as a model, they, they call the clients and then they're like, hey, there's this, you know, model. So you have to go and like 
go and see clients and show mm-hmm. them your portfolio with pictures. And there's a lot of just trying and a lot of times, especially in the beginning when I started, it wasn't easy for me. Like I had to like struggle and go see people and they're like, no, you're not the look, you know, we're looking for. And it's just, you have to really put like in your head, like, oh, it's not, don't take it personal, you know? They're like, oh, you're not good enough. You know? And it's talking about like the way you look. And it's really like, don't take it personal, you know? It's like, I am who I am and just not fitting for that, you know, what they're looking for. But it's, it can be really frustrating because it's not like, if you're a musician, you can just show how talented you are with your music and that's going to get you work. But as a model, it's not, you can't do anything about it <laughs> besides just going and trying and trying and trying. And uh, I guess the thing that got me working for so many years is the kind of like Cindy Sherman thing where I was just like, people just started keep working with me because they're like, oh, she can do anything. She can play all these characters so i kept like working and through today like in this industry they're like oh wh- you know what's about that girl raquel and they're like oh she's like a chameleon you know she can just do like anything i guess because i kept getting no like oh you're not the look and i was like i can be any look <laughs> just get me the job and i'll get it done there's a story about um uh you know lon cheney is you ever heard of him? He's a silent movie actor. Okay. And he did, it's a famous thing, he did Phantom of the Opera, the first one. And he was a stage actor, and then he goes out to the movie business, and he never gets parts and never gets parts, but he studied makeup. So he would put, like, he would go look at the listings, and they would say, like, oh, we need a guy with a scar. And he would go put a scar on his face, and nobody else would get the job. And he'd be like, I get it, because he was a chameleon, you know? You see? Yeah, <laughs> all goes back. All right, so now you got this gorgeous Taylor guitar and it's tuned <laughs> I gotta finger she's gonna finger pick and show everybody up so no I, I, I'm Brad do you wanna use my good. mic okay okay and I'm gonna sing yeah oh god best podcast ever <laughs> I'm gonna sing in Portuguese nossa favela if I can find it. Sujeira pra todo lado. Ninguém respeita a Constituição. Mas todos acreditam no futuro da nação. Que país é esse? Que país é esse? Que país? Vamos faturar um milhão Quando vendermos todas as almas Dos nossos índios no leilão Que país é esse? Que país é esse? Yeah! <laughs> This is a, a band, a Brazilian band called Legião Urbana. What does that mean in English? If it translates... Like a urban gang, okay. Um, and uh, 
When I was a teenager, we used to sing this in like high, in, before high school. Yeah, wow. I didn't. I never went to high school, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's very basic what I play. Shoot, good. You have a nice Thank voice. You. Yeah, yeah it's really good. Thank you for doing that. Maybe oh. I can play with you guys now. Yes. yes. You see, this was actually a, a whole plan. It's actually a casting. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna go and pretend I'm a musician, and then I get in the band. <laughs> you're you're in. You're in. You <laughs> <laughs> need a singer. Awesome. Sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much thank for you, coming. Thank by. you guys. Yes. This is fun. Yeah. Yes. That is the sound of me trying to throw a bald up piece of foil into the trash can and missing. Not at even like, at five feet. Yeah. Not even close. Yes. Like, I'm going to leave that there. Yeah. I'm gonna I pick got one that too. Up. Let's see. Go for it. Now, see, I have a little, there's a little bit of, well, whatever. I'm you have more So, n- nice arc. Oh! oh! Double denial. <laughs> see, <clears throat> when Rock Hill's number was coming on, I, I told my wife that she was going to be sitting down and talking with us. And she said, so this supermodel is going to sit down and talk with you three nerds? <laughs> yep. And yeah, you guys really illustrated that well. <laughs> With his tinfoil basketball game, I'm sure it translates really well to an audio podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we made the whole thing up. Brad and I totally made the shots. We wanted to make everyone listening sound much cooler. How cool was Raquel Zimmerman? She's awesome. Oh, Raquel's the best. Can you imagine being at Burning Man and uh, you know a model comes up to you and goes, Hey, do you have any acid? <laughs> Even if I did, not I'd go, I will find some immediately. You would, you would find it. <laughs> <laughs> by just reaching my arm out at Burning Man in any direction and finding some acid. She couldn't have been cool. That was really great to have her here, man. Very, very nice. Uh, if you want to have more supermodels on going off track, please send us their contact info uh, publicly. Put it on Facebook.com slash going off track for everyone to see because you know that never happens to them. Uh, if you like us, go to goingofftrack.com. Click on donate to keep us rocking and or rolling. And uh, next week... Uh, you're not going to be a supermodel. <laughs> no, no, no. That's my whole model friend. Cool. <laughs> it's now exhausted. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.